Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm gonna get into a word on rest. Rest, the title of my message is Rest. God said, don't make rest complicated. So I titled my message, Rest. And you know, it's funny because you can, you can come in the church and try to be like slick and creative. And you know, if you're in sales, like you, you try to make it snazzy and God's like, dude, I don't need my word snazzy. Like just preach what I say, <laughs> preach the word of God. It's, it's good enough on its own. It doesn't need your, your sales pitch twisted on top of it. Um, but rest is honestly, it's not something I have ever been good at. It's something I'm working on. And it's something that, I honestly had a problem with in church just as much as I had it in the world. And so like, as a man growing up in sports, I'm the oldest of three boys, uh, you know, the world tells you that everything you do is performance-based. So like, how much money can you make? How well did you do in that athletic event? How, how many girls can you pull? How many, whatever, whatever the thing is, how many cars do you have? How many houses can you buy? And so it's this performance-driven, like if you do enough, you might fit in. You might, you, might, you might just make it or climb that ladder, right? And it's, the thing is that the ladder is never ending. But for me, and I don't know if you're like this, church can become quickly a thing that you behave like that. You come in here and like your first day you get saved and you're like, okay, but I'm not where they are. I mean, look at how much they're doing for God. And so then you start to get in this thing. It's like, okay, well, we'll start a connect group and then I'll become an eMERGE captain. And then I'm gonna become a service leader and then I'm gonna run DNA and then I'm gonna also be at PFA and awaken you and I'm gonna run a discipleship group and I'm gonna have a prayer meeting and I'm gonna speak in tongues for an hour and I'm gonna write my own devotional and a podcast. And before you know it, God's like, what are you doing? You don't need to do any of that for my love. You didn't need it to get here. You don't need it to stay here. And listen, to be very clear, there is nothing wrong with any of those things, but we can use them wrongly. We, we can use Pathfinders or being an eMERGE captain as some transaction with God and say, okay, well, okay, I'm, we're, we're believing for this home. And if we just, if we gave a thousand more dollars to vision builders would get our dream home. And God's like, I don't operate that way. You, I, you don't manufacture miracles with me. So you, we have to be careful as a church that we don't put on a performance-based mindset with God. Like, well, somehow to get what I want, I have to do more. Or somehow because he forgave me of all of that, now I just have to be a slave to serving him. Like, it, I... I mean, the least I could do is just be here forever and work and work and work. And he's like, I, I don't work that way. And why do I think that? Because he says it. So Matthew 11, come then with me in your Bibles if you've got them. Matthew 11, I'm gonna call this the invitation to rest. Everybody say, I'm invited. You are invited. Here's where he says, the invitation, come to me, all. Everybody say, all. All means all, super simple. 
I, I try to anchor on the simple things because the, the devil's the confuser. So if he can take a simple thing and make you think all doesn't mean all, then you'll isolate yourself in church and you'll go, it's good for the front row, but it's not good for me. No, all means all. All means everybody. He left the 99 for the one. He wasn't satisfied with most. He wanted all. So come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I don't know about you, but I, I, my only limited experiences with church was I had to come in with like a mask of, I'm happy to be here and everything's going great and let's put on my Sunday best. And like, you couldn't come weary. You couldn't come burdened. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Everybody say rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's who we should be learning from is Jesus. Not the world, not Instagram, not a podcaster from him. I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm gonna read this in the message translation. I I don't always use the message translation, but I do love certain scriptures because I think it paints a really beautiful picture sometimes, more creative lens on what Jesus is saying. He says, are you tired, worn out, or burnt out on religion? See, religion is the thing that will get you to perform. Jesus is speaking to a bunch of religious people, to the Pharisees, and he's saying, you've made what should be light heavy. You're making what should be freeing burdensome. You're making performance equal closeness. He's saying, no, 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 don't, that's a suffocating translation of what I want you to do. It says, come to me. Again, that's the invitation. Come to me. If you get anything from me today, the invitation always is to come to him. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I love that, a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I don't know about you, but I I would force his grace. Not that that's possible, but I would try. I would try to force things to happen in my life. I don't know if anyone else has been there. And this, is, this next scripture is, is how you should measure whether or not you, you got something from God when you came to church or not, or the devil lied to you. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. If you walk out of church feeling heavy, the devil lied to you. You always should walk out of church feeling lighter and freer than you came in. That's the measure of his word. The measure of the the thing that he wants you to put on, even when he says he wants you to take up your cross, the, the measure of what you're taking up should be free and light. It should be easy. It should not be heavy and burdensome. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Put super simply, what he's saying is, Do it like I do it and do it with me. Do it like I do it and do it with me. Because he's not saying, well, you take take a time out, Mike. I'm gonna put you on the sideline and I'm gonna go do this. He's saying, come to me and we'll do it. He wants closeness just as much as anything. And if I can encourage you in anything, don't be content to just be in the crowd. He actually wants you close. 
And what church can feel like is we all kind of huddled around something that kind of felt like Jesus, but very few people got close to Jesus. You actually see this with the woman with the issue of blood. There's a huge crowd around Jesus, but only she touched him. And once she got close, she got her miracle. So, so don't ever be content to just sit in a seat and be like, well, it was kind of like we were kind of there. We showed up. The calling, the invitation from Jesus is more than just showing up to church once a week. He actually says, I want you planted in my house. And planted is very different than like being dipped in. You know, like, oh, well, we, we dipped in and we dipped out of church real quick. That's not what he wants. He doesn't, he doesn't want like an hour relationship with you where it's like, okay, well, you know, check the box. We kind of did this thing. That's cool. See you next week, God. He's, no, he wants you to daily come to him. Actually, what he says is, I want you to abide in me. And abiding, if you, if you look at that, what he's saying is actually, I don't want you close. I want you connected. I want you connected to me. And the beautiful promise is, he says, those who are connected to me will bear much fruit. He actually says, disconnected from me, you'll get nothing. So, so he's actually showing you there is a way to be with him that is productive. Ultimately, what he wants is us to rest in him. So again, title of my message is rest, and I actually don't even have points. God was like, please don't overcomplicate this. Like, it's not like the 10 hacks you never knew existed, the secrets to rest. But sometimes we need to like reinforce basic fundamentals and, and just go, okay, well, that's so simple and so in, uh, you know, so we can't argue against it that it just becomes commonplace and, it, and we, we change confusion for clarity and that's what the word should do for us. So thought number one is we were designed to rest. It's okay if I take a drink. When I'm talking about rest, I mean, don't rush me. We were designed to rest. How do we know this? That's a great question to ask. Because the world was designed this way. If you look from Genesis, how God designed the world, he created a rhythm of rest. Not, not only day and night and seasons, but he also said there is a Sabbath. I want you to live your life a certain way. I want you to operate in a way. You're not meant to work all day and all night. We can now defy the way he built the world because we have light switches and internet and way too many devices and apps. But in the beginning, it wasn't like that. When, when it was night, it was night, you weren't working. And now we can work as long as we want. But that doesn't mean that's the principle. He, this principle is I've designed this a certain way for you. He actually says, this is in Mark 2, Jesus is describing the Sabbath. He says, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. He's actually saying, I've designed this thing so you can have what you need. You need rest. And what I love is he actually calls himself the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of rest. And what he's frustrated about is that people have said, you've, you've taken something that's designed for rest and you've made it work. And we can't model that at church. We can't come in here and be preaching to everybody, try harder, pray more. It's your fault it didn't work. You screwed that up. If you could just do more, if you were just, if you could just win a merge as an emerge captain, you'd finally be faithful. Like low key, I thought that. 
I tried really hard to win. But we have to expose those things, right? We have to be able to be a church. It's like, this is not a performance. This is not a holy huddle golf club where we're all trying to put together our, our best score. This is us getting close to God with all of the real things in our lives. So I would ask you, when's the last time you rested? If he's calling this a rhythm, when's the last time you felt out of rhythm? If our drummer who wasn't out of rhythm was out of rhythm, everyone would know it right away. You were probably sitting next to somebody who clapped out of rhythm. Don't point to them. We used to call it the Carlsbad clap because like just a little less rhythm up north. But, but it, when, when have you felt out of rhythm in your life? When have you felt like everyone else is clicking on one beat and you're not? When it, and God's saying, get in rhythm with me. Are you listening to the rhythm, to the cadence, to the, to the way I want you to do life? Or are you just going, I'm, I'm going to my own beat. That's not what we're meant to do. We're not meant to go to our own beat. Jesus teaches us this in Matthew 6. He shows us the rhythm. Give us this day, everybody say this day, our daily bread. I wish he didn't say that. I honestly want to stockpile what I need and come back to him a little bit later when things are getting low. Like if I'm being candid, I, I'm an employee. I get paid every two weeks. It is almost impulsive for me to go, oh, payday. Whew. Now I can rest. And God's like, I don't want a bi-weekly relationship with you. I don't, I don't want you running to Costco and being like, how much toilet paper and water and rice can we store up here and wait for the storm to pass? But like, how often does that feel like rest? If I've got enough supplies, then I can rest. If I've got enough of this thing, anyone buy supplies during COVID? I'm the only person, okay, thank you, a few people. Honesty is appreciated in church. I bought these ridiculous boxes by this company called American Patriot. Yeah, you know what? You probably have them too. Do you have the solar water heater? Come on. <clears throat> have you used it? Of course not. <laughs> what, it, what it is, for those of you who don't know, is it's a bunch of dry food in a box that I paid way too much for. It sat in my garage for two years and it comes with a solar water heater. So if I can't heat up the food, I can boil and warm up like beans. And somehow that gave me rest in COVID. Like, how is that? How is that what we're looking towards? But Jesus is like, listen, it's daily come to me. Not daily check your bank account or daily check your Instagram or daily check your follower account or daily check on this thing. He's like, I want you to rely on me. That's why he designed it this way. There's also a, a really beautiful thing I think God did in how he designed the day. Everyone, anyone ever seen a sunset before? Yes, hopefully all of you. It would be weird if you hadn't. It's like I go inside every day right before the sun goes down. But this is him saying every day there's a rhythm and I'm gonna show off so you get to see how much bigger I am than you. If you realize, saved or unsaved, 
everybody will stop what they're doing and run up to the shoreline, grab their cameras and stop and go, wow. Even if you've seen a thousand of them. I don't know if you saw a sunset last night was like stunning. It's never not stunning. And I love that God models that. He didn't have to do that. He could have just went dark light, dark light. But instead he did something where we go, because we're, I believe we're designed to worship. And he, he, he pauses and says, before you go to rest, I wanna remind you of who I am. I'm bigger, more creative, more powerful, more beautiful, more, more all-encompassing. Than you can. I can light up the whole sky in any color I want, and you are gonna learn to rest in that. Amen? All right, thought number two, he wants us to rest. How do we know that? Because he built it that way. Who would build something a certain way and not want you to use it the way it was designed? He built the world this way, so it's not a big leap to go, well, that means he wants me to do it that way. Now, I, anyone love a good nap? Yes, all right. You guys are way more honest than the nine. There's like one person that said they nap at the nine. I'm like, stop it. You napped in my message. <laughs> but I believe God, he is a good God. But I believe he created rest for more than just to give us the permission to take a nap, right? Because napping and sleeping are different than resting. I do think he loves a good power nap, though. I preached this in San Marcos, and a bunch of dads sent me photos of them taking naps after service. So don't do that. That's not the takeaway from this message. Um, but you should try it. Why does he want us to rest? Here's why he wants us to rest. Because what he wants from us is to trust him and obey him. That's the things he wants more than anything. Because if we're trusting in him, then we're not trusting in a system. We're not trusting in a formula. We're not trusting in our own performance to make things right or to force something to happen. So, because here's the key is that you hear from him. Is that he would say, don't do that. And so then you don't do it. And then you rest in that because he said it. Or he said, do it, forgive that person. Go back to your marriage. Keep, stay in that job, even though you, whatever he is he's saying, you can rest in it if you've heard from him saying it. And part, part of obedience, obedience is kind of like, I don't know, that and repentance probably are words that we over, almost over-spiritualize. And they become like, they sound like punishment. Like you just need to repent. It sounds like we're gonna hit you with something. Like, because you disobeyed. And God's like, no, no, no. Obedience is, it's simple. It's hearing the word of God and acting on it. Hearing the word of God and acting on it. That's what he wants from you. He want, and then he wants you to rest that he's got it taken care of. Not that you have to force it. You don't have to perform for him and you don't have to try to, because what I never wanna do is be out of season with God. I don't, I don't wanna, I said this at the nine, like, I don't wanna be acting like it's summer when it's winter. There's two totally different activities that happen in that time, right? Uh, one, one is permission to work. In summertime, you're meant to work. And so if God said work, keep working. But don't work if he didn't say to. If he said take a break, if he said leave it alone, if he said I've got it, if he said that's not your lane, then listen to him. That's part of obedience. Again, this is, the whole thing is the invitation. He's saying, come to me, 
and learn from me. I'll, I'll share a time where I didn't uh, come to him or learn from him because that's fun. So <laughs> we, were, we were at a place that we didn't want to be financially. And as a husband, you know, that can almost become demoralizing. So the, the general response for me is just try harder. It's like just do more things. And so what I did is I decided to sign up for Pathfinders, the apprenticeship, which, yeah, shout out to anyone who's ever done that. It's, it's amazing. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying I didn't do it good. <laughs> I didn't even ask God if I should do it. I don't even know if I asked you if I should do it. I just, I just decided that I don't like where I'm at. I don't like the car that I have. I don't like my bank account. I don't like what my boss is doing. So if I just force God to see that I'm being more faithful by doing this thing he didn't ask me to do, then he has to bless me. It's ridiculous in hindsight, but in the middle of it, I thought I was like the most faithful dude in church. Like I'm giving up a Tuesday night. I'm actually paying to go to this thing. I'm gonna be there for six months. My wife just had a baby. I'm and a toddler at home. Sometimes I forget that I have two kids. I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying do what I did. This is, if you learn anything, a lot of mistakes you can learn from. Just So I end up going to this Pathfinders, conference, or Pathfinders apprenticeship. I sign up for it, and I act like the most obnoxious human in the room. Like I, I told everyone, I'm going to win this thing. Like, whatever that means. We're like building Legos and stuff. It's winning it would have meant nothing. And, I, and I'm showing up early and I'm turning in all my homework and I'm, and I'm like doubling down on my prayer time. And I'm, I'm being so competitive in these things. It is silly. And people are like, you need to slow down. And very clearly, God, like the third week goes, what are you doing? What? Yeah, it, it, that's, that's what my wife was saying. And he said, did I tell you to do this? And I just felt honestly like, God, if I, well, if I sacrifice more for you, then you'll bless me more. And the Bible says he actually wants obedience over sacrifice. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to just keep laying things down and doing more and doing more and doing more and doing more and being like, well, God, somewhere you're in something in here. Just show up, please, like a magician. And he said, if you keep doing this, you'll be the exact same at the end of it. Or you can learn how to rest in me. So, so what I learned, the takeaway from this, and why, why I feel so um, passionate about speaking to this about churches is that God does not want you to trust in a system. And it can almost be like when we were believing for our dream house. It was like, well, that's how they got their dream house. So if we do what they do, then we'll get our dream house. And again, that's just a trap for disappointment, for discouragement, and for you to just try harder when God doesn't need you to do any sort of formula for him to move. So the things I wanna come against in that thought, you don't need to pray harder. I'm not saying stop praying. I'm just saying don't, you don't have to scream at God to make this thing happen. It's not like the louder you pray, the more he hears you. It's not your fault that it hasn't happened yet. Sometimes it's just in process. Um, I, one of my favorite scriptures is, uh, he just says, be still. I don't know why I have to overcomplicate those two words. Because I'm like, wait, are you sure? Because I could do that and I could do this. And he's like, no, just, 
you're a donkey. Like, be still. Stop it. Thought number three, why rest? Why rest? Thank you. I received that. I'm not a donkey. Certainly can act like the other word you talk about sometimes when you describe a donkey. But we'll move on. You're not allowed to amen that one. <laughs> Thought number three, why rest? This is complicated because we need it. That easy. Because we need it. Rachel said it way better than I said it. She said, because God's rest is his best. There, there is more to life than working and worrying. There is more to that. If, if the extent of our Christian faith is we just tried harder in a different building that was called a church, that's not what God wanted from us. He wants us to rest. Now, Pastor Alex Klott is at San Marcos preaching about taking the heads of giants, and I'm preaching about taking naps. I'm just saying, you need to do both, okay? Well, why do we need rest? Here, this is not at you, but the corporate you. You look bad tired. That's, that's why you need rest. I, I, amen. Anyone have any young kids? What are they like when they're tired? Yeah. Yeah, try to have a conversation and rationalize with a tired toddler. Just stomping their feet, saying it's not fair. How come he got one and I didn't get one? But honestly, my prayers sound like that. And God has to remind me I'm not a toddler. You're a grown man, Mike. Grow up, go to sleep, get some rest, quit throwing a tantrum. These are things Rachel wants to say to me and then God just says it for her. One time we got in a fight when we were tired, one of the biggest fights we ever had about how you properly cut a cherry tomato. Yeah, it is a big deal. And in case you know, or didn't know, there is a right way to cut a cherry tomato. And I am well rested. So my answer is not twisted by my tiredness. But don't argue about tomatoes when you're tired. One time we got in a fight when we were tired, and I was so tired, I fell asleep. Don't, don't do that. That doesn't go over well. Sometimes you do need to just go to sleep. And, and God will say that to me. He'll be like, just go to sleep, Mike. You, you're worried about things you don't need to be worried about. And, and if you would just lay down, you know, I love the scripture. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And I don't know about you, but that looks like God's just giant hand going, go to sleep, Mike. <laughs> you're on timeout, bro. <laughs> Trying way too hard to do things that I'm already working on. Um, the other way, the other area I've learned about rest is, so I, God knows why I decided to start training for a marathon. Um, don't do it. Yeah, that's probably the moral of that story. But <laughs> Dr. Brian preached this message a long time ago, oh, sorry, 18 months ago it was, about how he had found healing and identity from running. And God's like, well, Mike, you gotta start running. And I was like, why? I hate running. And he's like, that's why. And so I, in the same way I ran into Pathfinders, the apprenticeship, just started running into this marathon training. I, I have like the worst shoes on possible and I haven't run a mile in like 25 years and that one was really bad. And so I just start running and running and running and running. And I put up like almost 50, 60 miles in one month, like having not run 
a single mile. And then I'm starting to just get pain and, and all these side effects. And I called my friend who runs ultras and he's like, well, what's your recovery looking like? And I was like, mm, what's that? Like, I thought this was no days off. I thought this was like me and David Goggins. We're just, we wake up at 4 a.m. every day, no matter what, and we just plow out miles. And he's like, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna fall apart. You will not make it. So there's a, we have a slide why we need rest. And there's some thoughts in here that may seem simple, but when you dig into it, I think they're profound. Why we, why we need rest. Without rest, there is no recovery. I, I found that as I was running. I cannot work and recover at the same time. Your, your life, you cannot be grinding and recovering. And sometimes this beast mode, do more work mentality can get you to a place where all you're doing is trying instead of resting. So you need rest to recover. You need rest to have strength. I, I, I don't care how tough you think you are, eventually you will get weaker and weaker and weaker. And no matter how hard you were trying in the beginning, your strength is gone. And so you need rest to have strength. You need rest to have endurance. You can't make it through things without recovery and strength. And obviously you wouldn't have any victory. You can't win in any area of your life without strength or endurance or victory. With that also comes freedom. You'll see that someone who's restless is usually burdened by something, is usually bound by something. And it might be fear of man. It might be fear of of missing out. It might be fear of rejection. It might be fear of something, but you need to have rest to have freedom. Same, same way, you, you need to have a peaceful mind, you need to be at rest. If you're restless in your mind, you're gonna be restless in your life and vice versa. And ultimately, obviously, you cannot have restoration without rest. And that's God's plan for us, is to bring us to full restoration and to healing. And to do that, we have to, the invitation, come to him. Come to him. Thought number four, rest from what? Rest from what? Again, the invitation on this is come all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Can you get me that vest real quick? I wanna show you a picture of what this looks like real quick. Anyone ever done a Murph before? Anyone know what a Murph is? This is, yeah, this is, that is not rest. But... This is what he's doing. God's saying, I want anyone who is heavy laden, who's overworked or overloaded to come to me. Here's what a Murph is. It's obnoxious. You run a mile, then you do 300 squats, 200 push-ups, 100 pull-ups, and then you run another mile. And if you do it prescribed, if you do it the way you're supposed to do it, you do it with a 20 pound weighted vest. That's what the devil wants you to do. Shout out to uh, Graham, I know he's not here, but Graham did one of these a day for a year, which is crazy. But the enemy is gonna bait you into doing this. Go do an obnoxious amount of work and carry things you were never supposed to carry. Even when you're in church, even after you've been saved, even though you might be on a worship team or you might lead something in the church, he's gonna say, just try harder, do more. 
You're not doing enough. You're not trying harder. It's your fault that it's not working out. And, and, and all the things that you thought you were free from, wake up tomorrow and put that thing back on. Mike, you are still an unfaithful husband. Mike, you are still the, the, the one who fails and fails and fails at business. Mike, you, you are all of the sin and all of the shame and all of the faults and all the mistakes. And, and before I know it, I just get comfortable with this. And before I even come close to God, I pick up the things that I was never meant to carry. And then I go out and I, and I exhaust myself so I can't be present with my wife. I can't be available for my kids. I have no energy for anything creative. I have no margin in my life. And I just abuse myself for years. Same in the church and same out of the church because we haven't taken his invitation legitimately. So it's, what are we resting from? Being overworked and being overloaded. And in two quick questions, I would say, where have you felt like you're striving? If you feel tired, what are you doing that's making you tired? His invitation to you is come to him and rest. If you felt overloaded, what are you carrying that you're never meant to carry? And again, don't be content to just have it be called out here in church. Come down here after service and let it go. Take it off. If you walk out of here with this same vest on, that's on you. Sometimes we have to take personal responsibility to take off the things that have been identified in church. Again, he's saying, take up my yoke, do it like I do it and do it with me. Can we just quickly, can we throw up that slide of the ox? This is, obviously I did not grow up on a farm. You don't wear this growing up on a farm. You don't have hair like this if you're familiar with yoking. I could either have great hair or learn about yoking and this is what I chose. This is, this is the invitation. Thank you. This is the invitation from him. And, and again, yoked is a, is a word that we can almost like hear but not understand. And what he's saying is I want you to get close enough to me that you will let me, you'll take off the things you're meant to take off and you will come aligned with me. And you'll let me guide your life and carry the things that feel too heavy and do life with me. That's the invitation from God. I was gonna call this get yoked, but rest was easier. But that's the idea is, is, is he wants you to partner with him in everything. And again, it's, it's not like once a week I come in and I just like, I tuck under this thing and go, okay. And then I tuck out. And imagine, imagine if one of these tries to go the other direction, tries to make a U-turn, how bad that would look, how, how, how hard that would, how that would not work out. And that's what God wants is he does not want you to turn around once you're connected to him. So last thought here, thought number five is how do we rest in one minute and 30 seconds? How do we rest? There's some practical ways, take off the yoke. I'm gonna do that right now. There's really no way to do that and not be awkward. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, right? If you're down here crying, it doesn't matter. We were right here crying every time we had a miscarriage, every time we were fighting for our marriage, but we refused to walk out the same way we walked in. Even if it looks ugly, it's worth doing. 
practical things, stop comparing yourself to other people. When I had a Prius, that was really easy to do. Pastor Matt would make sure I knew that he did not like that car. <laughs> I, would, I would challenge you to find quiet, find quiet time in your life. There are times like when we go to bed where the device is probably not, does not need to be anywhere near you. Because before you know it, you should be resting and you're swiping about how now you need, your vacation wasn't cool enough. You, you now need to go to Greece. And you also need this air purifier. And, um, you know, before you know it, like you, you just bought a hundred things on Amazon and your wife's like, I thought you were going to bed. And it's like midnight. I'm like, no, I'm resting, totally resting. Find quiet, find quiet in your car. I would challenge you, try to drive in your car without music or calling somebody. And, one, and, and just make room for God to speak to you. Make time for your brain to be quiet. Worship is probably one of the greatest ways to rest for me because now it's no longer my voice saying or complaining, it's me praising. And there is a beautiful rest when you praise God. But as, as we come to a close, I wanna remind you that not only does he say he wants you to come to him, but he wants you to come close to him. This is 2 Corinthians 12, nine. And maybe you've heard this before, but I hope that you catch something different in this this time. It says, my grace is sufficient for who? All, for you, for everyone. Not just for few, but for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Not in performance, not in a system, not in perfection. His power is made perfect in your weakness. He's saying, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. What he's saying simply is if you rest in him, then his power can rest on you. It's not when you get it all together, does his grace and his rest come. He's saying when you bring the most painful things, the, the hardest things, the scariest things, the things you feel the most weak in, then my power will come to you. The way you'll know if you're close to him or not is just ask yourself, is there any area where I'm withdrawn? Is there any area in your life where you felt distant from God? What, what I've found is that anywhere where I'm withdrawn is where I've lost trust. Because closeness would mean I trust you, I brought it to you. Withdrawal would mean I don't, I'm not sure about this one. I'm stepping back, I'm holding on. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna bring this up anymore. I'm not gonna ask for prayer over that anymore. And, and I just wanna encourage you that rest is not giving up. Rest is not quitting. Rest is not, okay, you know what? That thing we were believing for, it's done. Rest is bringing it to him. And I, I wanna share with you, that, and why it means so much to preach this message here is, so some of you know our story, many of you do, but we were trying and trying and trying to have our miracle baby. And after the third miscarriage, we were, we were so broken that Rachel and I didn't even wanna sit in the front. And I remember one service in particular, having to pull Rachel down from the back and saying, babe, I, I know it hurts, but we can't run away from God. We can't withdraw from God. We can't hide this thing from him. If we want him, 
We've gotta go close to him. And I remember being in tears right here with everybody holding our hands and praying for us that we would have a miracle baby. Can we throw up that picture of Emmy? So, so last month, this is our beautiful daughter, Emerson. And she'll be six, or she'll be seven this year. And she said, I wanna get baptized. And so we got this incredible pleasure of being able to be in the tub with her. And if we can show the next picture, she dedicated her life publicly to Jesus. And what, what I love about this is that now because we refused to withdraw from God, we knew the importance of getting close to God. Now my daughter knows the importance of drawing close to God. And I, and I say all that and I share all that, that, that miracle story for you to not give up on what you're believing on, to not quit on what you're believing for, to not stop fighting, but to know that you can take a break in God and he can fight for you, amen? Amen. Well, we're gonna close here and I'll hand it back to Pastor Jesse, but just quickly, I wanna remind you what Jesus's answer is to every problem. This is John 6, 35. He says, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, remember that's the invitation, come to him, will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. If you are thirsty, the answer is come to him. If you are hungry, the answer is come to him. If you are tired, the answer is come to him. If you are broken, the answer is come to him. If you are lost, the answer is come to him. If you're hurting, the answer is come to him. Anything that you need in your life, the answer is come to him. So Colossians 3 says this, you have died and your life is now hidden in Christ. In a very real and powerful way, Christ has already given you eternal peace. He's given you a place to rest forever. And all you have to do is come to him. That's what repentance is. Now, in Acts 3, this is, this is what repentance is. It says, repent then and turn to God, which means come to him. Come to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come. If you want rest, it's so easy. It is repentance. Repentance used to sound again, like a punishment, but all I've realized all it means is that I was going this way and then I repented and came to him. That's where refreshing is. That's where healing is. And that's where freedom is. And as we close, I'm just going to ask you if you could close your eyes. And I'm just going to ask you if there's anybody in this room who needs to come to Christ for the first time, or if you're being honest, you're just exhausted and you realize you've, you've kind of stepped away and you wanna be close to him, connected to him, yoked to him. Today's the day. Today is the day to get rest. So on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on, amazing. I wanna see hands in the middle, three, four, five hands. I want to see hands up in the back here on the left side. See hands on this side. Amazing. Amazing. Come on, we can celebrate those that responded. We can stand to our feet.
I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead you guys in a prayer real quick. And then I know we're gonna have our ministry team up here. If there's anything in your life that you need rest from, anything you need to let go, I want you to come down here and get prayer. But can we do this? Can we repeat after me? Say, Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me. I receive your rest, your forgiveness, and your life for mine. I believe that you died for me and for my freedom. So today I will walk in your freedom and I will bring to you everything that is heavy so I can receive your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.